And fellow sparklers, welcome back to Ignite Your Spark, and thank you for joining me again. I hope wherever you are in the world, you are finding your inner sunshine or inner moonlight, whatever time of day it is for you, in order to get lit. We all love love, right? And since love truly makes the world go round, and when we love, we shine, when we are in love, we shine. When we share love, we shine. And when we love ourselves, we shine. You are going to love my guest today. Her name is Lisa Concepcion, and she is a love coach. A what, you say? That's right. You heard me. A love coach. She helps people shift their lives to find love, maintain love, and love themselves. Her business is called Love Quest. So let's hear the juicy, gooey love stuff directly from her. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, what a fun introduction. (laughs) Well, thank you for being our love coach today because we all know that love ignites our spark. It sure does. I like to start off sometimes my podcast with the question to you. How do you ignite your spark in the daytime, every day when you get up? How do you get yourself going? Well, I am very much in service and I love my business. I love showing up for my clients and just looking at my calendar, like, who am I talking to today? And that immediately energizes me. I also have this adorable little Pomeranian. So he is tapping around in the morning, wanting to get ready, wanting to go out, have his walk and start the day. Uh, So it's a few things. Usually I, I immediately open my eyes and I just say, thank you. It's the simplest little prayer I can say to start off the day to add some divine spark to my life. And then I'll lay there a minute and, you know, I just kind of settle into myself and I'm like, okay, everything I do today, I do it with, with God. I, I, I can't do it alone. I'm, you know, I have this divine assignment that I was given and just help me see it through. Help me hang with my people, give them up, <laughs> give them love, give them what they, what they need. Give them the message that I need to give them through you. Help me with the words, help me with the, with the resources that I have to share with them. So it's, I always like to begin with prayer. I love that. And I think that some of the most successful people, at least the people I follow who I love, the first thing they do, and I do it as well, is say thank you in the morning to whatever, whomever you believe in, the universe, God, whoever it is. I think being of gratitude is the greatest gift that we can give. And the second thing is that other being of service. I... I agree with that so much. It's when we do for others that we are ignited, that we are lifted up. And it is so fabulous to have found your passion. Oh, for sure. For sure. It wasn't an easy road to it. Um, You know how the universe, God works very 
interestingly in that they'll it'll throw you a curveball to see if you'll take a swing. Swing. Yeah. And you know, you just have to get in that game and and understand that things that happen in life, there could be a reason, a bigger reason for it. And if you ask for it to be revealed, it always is. Have so, you always been able to ignite your spark or do you want to share with us how you may have lost oh, it wow, and that's reignited a great it? <laughs> Such a great question. So I was always a sparkly little kid. Like I always, I was an, um, an only child. I was forced to ignite my own spark from, you know, the birth. Like it yeah. was, you come to the world and no one's here to like ignite it for you. So you need to figure it out. So I was always a sparkly little girl. My, my great aunt used to call me her little Miss America. You know, she was always the pretty little girl, right? Always, always bubbly and happy and all this. But a lot of that um, was survival mechanism in me that I caught on to very early in life because my, my mother and my father had me very young. They were not even 22, 23 years old. I mean, this was the early 70s. They were married. And that's, I guess, what you do. You know, you marry your college or high school sweetheart. You quick have a baby. And here I am, this little baby with my parents. They're 21, 22 years old. And they were children themselves. And they were still dealing with figuring out who they were and dealing with their traumas and things that they had going on in their own lives. So coming into the world, it was like, well, you know, they had they had their own little issues. So I immediately, and little kids do this, you figure out what you need to do to survive in your environment. It's not to say that there was anything wrong in my environment. It was just two very immature people married, having children before they even knew who they were. So there was a lot of arguing or disagreements on key issues in life. And I was around all of that. So very young, very young, I caught on to, I have to be good because there's all this noisiness around me and it made me very nervous. It manifested in um, health you know, issues. Thank God I'm a very healthy person now at the age I am. But when I was a little girl, I struggled with stomach issues and because that was where my, in my pain body, right. That's where I would store all that stress that was happening in the environment around me. So I connected some dots early on in my life and I said, okay, everyone has to be okay. Therefore I can't voice my, my, my opinions. I can't ask for anything. My feelings have to be on the side. I have to just be a good girl and be a good girl meant you be quiet and you stay out of the way and you play by yourself and you just not children to be seen and not heard that whole philosophy. And that led me to becoming incredibly codependent. So that's where that happened. And then I ended up taking that codependency into my teen years, into my 20s. It led to my uh, first serious relationship, which was, you know, high school relationship, the things that I did completely codependent. And uh, also, you know, early part of college, never really being on my own, always a boyfriend hopping to another boyfriend, you know, two-year relationship. And then, oh, this other boy likes me. And I think I like him more than this guy. So I'm going to just break up with this one and go to this one. And I never really had time for me to, to be on my own and to nourish myself and learn what even that is. So it was a very early attachment um, to external 
validation, external worthiness. And that's just the trap. You know, you end up in a marriage where you're highly codependent. You want everybody to behave in a certain way to make you just feel lovely. (laughs) And it's a trap. It's a trap of control. And, uh, you know, it just makes for a very difficult time trying to get along in a marriage and trying to build anything together of substance in a marriage when you're always feeling that you have to cling to somebody, you know, for everything. Right. And you, you, you really, that's a really, I've heard that from people before Mm -hmm. about how the codependency, it just, it's so hard to break out of that, but clearly you were able to. I was, thank goodness. I mean, your inner life, late in life. But your inner light was always there. Always. But, but you were just surrounded by the wrong people or the wrong kinds of love. You were looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. Exactly. I was, well, I was looking for it outside of myself. So once I caught on to that and I asked the question, you know, what, my divorce happened. I was in the pit of darkness, just a dark, awful time in my life. Professionally, it made me, it, it, it was everything. It just trickled into everything. And I said, how did I get here? What is it in me that attracted this? I took like full on radical self-responsibility. And I saw that I was dark. I, my shine, my sparkle went away, right? That shine and that inner shine that I knew I can turn it on and I could be outside with it, right? Like for the world, I could be this sparkly thing, but deep in the core of who I was, was not lit up at all. I was looking for the ignite you know, the match to strike, but from someone outside of me or a condition outside of me, the money, the job, the career, the whole thing. So it wasn't until I was in that position where I literally had nothing. I had the man left me, the husband divorced, the job, the career was terrible, nothing. I had no idea what I was going to do. I only had myself. So that was that moment where I was forced to say, okay, girl, your light has been extinguished because of the choices you've made, the beliefs that you have. So it's time to rekindle that flame and really heal on a very meaningful, deep way. So I started to really work on myself. I started to ask those questions. What is it in me that got me here? Why do I have these these relationships that turn out the way they do? And um, it really started to light up the path towards healing, those simple questions. And the result was wonderful. I decided to take my journey public and I put videos up on YouTube. I started talking about what was going on with me on social media. I wanted to release a stigma about therapy. And, and you know, there, there still was that, at least for our generation. I'm, I'm, you know, soon to turn 50. So in that generation, it was like, oh, therapy is weakness, you know. Meanwhile, I was having a blast. I was learning all these things about myself. I was um, perfecting how I was communicating with my parents, which was nice. I was finally showing up as an adult woman and not feeling like every time I talk to my mother, I'm 15 all over again. So what yeah. what was it though that that you was there was there something that introduced you to something else because or you just dug deep inside to do this exploration on your own or was well, it, it was through a therapy? combination of both Kim I felt horrible I couldn't eat right I wasn't sleeping right it was affecting my health and that's when I said wait a second this is serious I'm I'm anxious in my sleep like this isn't good I'm waking up with panic attack not good. So that's when I said, let me go to a therapist. And I wanted to pick one that was from New York, was similar of age, 
of me understood that background and that upbringing and can relate. So I found this great, great therapist and she was the one who turned me on to the term codependent. And when I got that diagnosis, it was like the curtains of a dark room opened and light shone upon me. And I said, Oh my God, I have, I have something I can research now. And that was the other part of it. So I want to be clear that, you know, a diagnosis is lovely, but what you do with that is entirely on you. And so I'm grateful that I had that woman, you know, the therapist who said, okay, my love, what you are explaining to me is classic codependence. And I was like, codependency, like, what is that? Google, 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 videos, videos, videos. I went, I mean, this is myself. No one is going to love me more than me, nor should they. So it's incumbent upon me to look up what it is. What is this thing? And when that train left the station, I was gobbling up books and courses and modalities. I learned to ask myself, how do you feel, my love? How do you feel right now? And completely change the self-talk. I was very hard on myself. I was very type A overachiever. And I coach those types of people now. And I know that the self-talk is always a struggle. We're always... You could do better than that. You could be better than that. You could do more than that. And you're just like, honey, I love you so much. You had a great day, you know? And that's when I started to really get into the law of attraction, the law of vibration, understanding that I was a vibrational match to narcissistic men. If I was such in victim mode and that I needed to have from a very broken place, a relationship I mean, when you go and and you set forth to be in a relationship, you have to do it from a place of feeling good. Otherwise, you're a vibrational match to people more damaged than you. And that's what ended up happening. After my, when I was going through my divorce, I very prematurely rushed into a relationship. I wasn't ready. I was very hurt. I was looking outside of myself for the nourishment, the validation, the love. I trauma bonded with a total narcissist. And luckily that relationship only lasted five months uh, before he had decided to go back. But in that, it was very uh, stressful. It made me question my ability to to keep myself safe and, and make good judgment. And now this is, you know, I'm a girl from New York. I can spot BS a mile away. But in this case, when it came to relationships, I, did, I stopped trusting my judgment. And that was when I really needed to say, okay, there's something more going on here and I want to get to the bottom of what it is. And now coming out the other side of that, doing that work, reading the books, taking the journaling, all the modalities and things that I was doing to myself, I codified all of it. And I kept very detailed records of my healing process because somewhere inside me, I knew that I was going to share this with the world. I didn't know how my, my therapist by like the 10th week, cause I said, it's going to be a 90 day process. I don't want to be therapy indefinitely. I have a beginning, a middle and an end very type a, you know, it's results, results, results. So <laughs> and I was going to do the work. I said, I am going to really get serious about this. I had imposed a curfew. I wasn't going to date anyone. I'd have a 10 p.m. weeknight in bed, (laughs) under the covers, makeup off, reading a self-help book, doing my work, right? Weekends, midnight, 
I would have girlfriends come out with us. You're single now. Let's go crazy. Let's have fun. And I was living in Miami at the time, South Beach. And I said, you know what, girls, you go ahead. I'm going to just stay for the dinner portion, but you all go. I have some, you know, some stuff I want to do tomorrow early and I would wake up, go to the gym or, you know, just, I was into nourishing myself. What did I need? I kept asking myself, Lisa, what do you need? My love, what do you need from me? And I started to really nurture myself and I learned about a process called inner bonding where I took that process and it really helped me show up for myself better than anyone ever could. Inner bonding was, was this was this something you learned or you something you yeah found? it was um it was a technique um, Dr. Margaret Paul wrote the book Inner Bonding and I discovered it from an ex boyfriend that I was just randomly chatting up. And he said, hey, I have a book recommendation for you. And I said, okay. He goes, check out this book called Inner Bonding. I looked at the book. They also have a workbook. I still have that workbook to this day. I I take a notebook. I keep the book. And anything that happens in my life that I feel is causing me stress, struggle, I know that I have my flagged little pages and I go back to my inner children, my wounded versions of me. And I say, okay, who is trying to run the show in my life right now? Cause clearly it is not me. I'm almost 50 years old. I know better, but there's a person, there's another version of me or several for that matter who need me, who are not feeling good right now. And I have to show up for you because a man will not a pile of money will not you know, God will, and I will together in faith, I show up for myself for, for these wounded versions. And it could be anything from who's stressing out about the business and who wants more time with, with the relationship I'm in now and who's freaking out about moving three hours away from the boyfriend. All of these normal concerns come up for people. And when you feel like you know for sure that you're a codependent and you start doing this work. This is a new path. This becomes a new life path where you're always asking yourself, how do I feel right now? Do I need water? Do I need to schedule my session an hour later? Do I, what do I need my love? And that's it. And speaking to yourself with love and kindness and compassion and igniting that light, because when you show up for yourself like that, You go from living a life of candlelight into a bonfire of light. You just radiate. You You just radiate. You are speaking my language. And what I want everybody to take note of is how you keep saying, talking to yourself with love. Yes, Yes. love. And I think that is so important. We don't often treat ourselves as well as we treat our children, our pets, our friends. Our self-talk is so negative and so damaging. And I am understanding from what you're saying that this is what you help people with in addition to assisting them find a relationship or whatever they are seeking in terms of a love relationship. But it is, first of all, loving yourself is what I believe you you said, exactly, right? Exactly. So to be clear, I'm not a matchmaker. I believe the universe is the ultimate matchmaker and God and the faith that you have. And people know definitively the vision in their mind of and their heart of who their ideal person is. I just facilitate the 
vibrational frequency to help them become an energetic match to the things that they want. And these things can be a relationship. It's mostly the relationship with themselves. And, you know, it's the language that they're using. It's, it's the belief systems that they have. So I'll give you an example. Someone will come to me, let's say they're, you know, 48 years old, divorced. They haven't dated since the nineties. They don't know anything about dating apps. They don't know anything about how to handle themselves. Now they haven't been in the game for a long time but they're ready. They've done the healing that, or so they think. And they say, you know, I'm, I've been divorced two years already. I'm 48. I'm ready to get out there again. Wonderful. So through this work, we determine how ready they truly are. Is there any residual resentments or anything about their story leading up to now that can actually be repelling, a repelling energy in the dating world? Um, coming at it, complaining about the ex or feeling sorry for themselves or yearning for the life that they now don't have anymore. All of this is energy and you're bringing that energy to the dating world. So anything you do, whether it's a dating app or if apps are in your thing and you just want to go out with friends, you are bringing all of that trauma with you if you don't make peace with it first. So oftentimes, nine out of 10, People come to me ready to go, ready to date, gung-ho, gung-ho, and I ask them a few questions and I can already tell they're still codependent. They, they still have issues, leftover residual resentments from the ex, from the marriage, things that they still haven't even sorted out yet financially, you know, whatever it is. And so I help them really look at themselves as this mansion for their soul. And what we do is we go room by room of this beautiful mansion that captures your soul and we shine light on every room and we look at how are you doing with work my love i'm doing crappy i my, my this divorce it made my career crazy okay let's talk about what you want to achieve in this room let's shine some light in this room how are your children doing disasters this one started drinking this one's okay let's let's talk about how we can put more love and light into that room your family life because honey when you open that door to that new person coming in, you want it to be bright and clean and healthy and whole. You want to bring them into that mansion of your soul healed, not with rats stinking in the back of the doors, you know, hiding there, these old traumas and dramas that, oh, I smell a rat. What I help them clean and clear it out so that they can really be open and a magnetic match to the kind of love that they're ready to have. Oh, that is so beautiful. You are an organizer of the heart. You are a clear the clutter of your life. I am. Just clear it out. That energy, you know, no need for that. It's not doing you any good, but with love and compassion because those feelings are valid. And if you still have anger about an ex, we need to, we need to transmute that energy and we need to up-level it because otherwise that could lead to illness. It could lead to repelling other beautiful people. And when you have low vibrational emotions, things like fear, uh, desperation, depression, hopelessness, anger, jealousies, when you're bringing that with you, it's a very repelling energy. So when you clear that away and you're vibing on a level of optimism, oh, dating's going to be an adventure instead of saying, oh, there's no one good out there. They're all disasters. When you say, oh, this is, I'm just going to meet some fun people. I meet great people everywhere I go. 
you start to now program your brain. You start to rethink things and start to change the pathways of your brain just by affirming new truths that you're observing in your life. I learned that technique through Dr. Joe Dispenza, who's amazing. He comes out on uh, Gaia television. I don't know if you- if Oh, you- I am so familiar with Dr. I Joe Dispenza. Gaia. I love it. But I, I love, love changing your neural pathways. I'm all yes. about mixing things up and reversing old patterns So the new comes in. I fortunately never had that experience. I was always open to love and always open to meeting people. I thought I would, I just knew that I would find people to date. I was a serial dater back in the day. I admit that, but that's okay. I did. Okay. You had uh, adventures. Exactly. I only had one really bad relationship and I was a teenager and it did dimmed my light for sure. And Mm -hmm. obviously I'm, Older than teenage years now, and it's stayed with me for a long time. But how did you get into the law of attraction, and how do you use that? I know a lot of what you're saying is part of the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just, it seems like you are just so full of love yourself that it was obvious you were going to reach out to others. And when did the law of attraction, I know people don't know about it, and this is not a law of attraction podcast show, although I would like to talk about that. But did you discover that during your process of self-love and healing? I did. I did. I was listening to a really insane level of Abraham Hicks. (laughs) I discovered Abraham Hicks. um, Interestingly, Abraham Hicks first came my way 10 years prior from my ex-sister-in-law, and both my husband and I clearly were not ready for it. We were not a vibrational match for it, and we thought it was hokey and crazy and kooky that this lady was channeling. What are you talking about? It made no sense to us. Why? Because we weren't at the vibrational level to receive that that word yet, right? And I I believe that's divine um, intelligence, infinite intelligence. So So what I did was I started to catch on like, wait a second, Abraham is the chick that that's the lady that trans that gets Abraham and she goes under hypnosis and she channels. And I started to listen to this on YouTube hours per day. And I, you know, I still do. I'll, I'll get, I'll get an urge to listen to my Esther, you know, my Esther Hicks, Abraham Hicks, and I'll pick on my YouTube. And no sooner I go in there, there's a video with exactly the message that I need to hear. It's amazing how that how that works out, and yes. so I I absolutely um, love 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 Abraham love, and I did find it in 2015. Um, it was 2015. It just came across on my YouTube. I started listening, and then I started to make little folders about like, oh, I want to learn about this and Abraham Hicks and manifesting money, Abraham Hicks and finding true love, loving yourself, all of that uh, connection to source, and and reminding you that. You came here pure, perfect, positive, and life happens to you. And that is what dims your sparkle, but it never dies. There's always an ignite and and, uh, a spark inside that you could always return to. And it requires faith. It requires just the belief that when you have a desire and you ask for what you want, the universe, boom, hears you. And so you just have to get in a great feeling place, let go of the thing that you say you want and allow the space for the universe to do its magic and be worthy of miracles. You're always worthy of miracles. You're always worthy of miracles. That's so important for everybody to 
realize and remember, and I am a big believer in your vibrating in the energy of something that you want. I created this podcast that way. It was just something I felt called to do, to be of service and share people's wisdom and how they ignite their spark. And you have, you have more than filled the bill on that. And I think, oh my gosh, everything you said is fabulous. I guess, and we're going to have to round up soon, but well, one of the questions that you have on your website, which I really like, and I don't think it's a fast one, but I love it is what would you say is the easiest way to attract, give and keep love? Perhaps that's a easy, super easy. It all starts with love of self. That's the exact thing. It's, it always roots back to that. That's always the, the, the innermost uh, answer to any of that. If you want to find, give, and keep love, it starts with loving yourself first, most, best, and always. No oh, one I- could nor should love you more than you can love you. And that is 100% contingent upon your faith and your connection to something higher that you believe guides you divinely and loves you no matter what. And that is your true source of worthiness. You wake up, boom, eyes open. Thank you. I am worthy because you say so divine. You say so. Not because the man in my life says so, not because the bank account says so, but because I am worthy just because I am here. I am awake. I'm alive. Let me go to service and put that worthiness on other people. Oh, oh, yay. I just, I'm so excited. You've ignited my spark again, even though I was ignited. I was excited to speak with you, Lisa, because I just knew that you were going to have a message that would resonate with myself as well as all of our listeners. And what's interesting is what you have said is so valuable to each and every human, whether you are looking for a partner or not. And I think that you bring so much of that to your clients, not just those who are looking for love, they find you and they learn so much more than just how to attract a male, but how to attract all these other fabulous things in their lives. I'm surmising here, but I think I'm right about that. You nailed it. You nailed it, Kim. Look how we attracted. I didn't even know you existed two days ago. (laughs) I know. Here we are having a great conversation. A wonderful conversation. I want to thank you so much, Lisa, for sharing your light with us and sharing how others can ignite their spark. And it starts from within. And I, if people want to find you, they go to lovequest.com. They go to lovequestcoaching.com and there they can also get a free love life assessment. So there's a button there and they could answer a bunch of questions, spill their guts, and I'll come to them with their specific answers to their specific questions. To my mind, I think that you are going to evolve into someone who is not just a love coach, but a love yourself coach. Oh, that's great. I love that. It's great. Well, thank you, Lisa. And you might have to come back and talk to us again because I know you have a lot to share with my listeners. So I I thank you. Thank you. And I want to thank all of you sparklers out there for listening today. I really appreciate your tuning in. As I've said before, I feel like I'm talking to each and every one of you. And the connection I get by doing this podcast ignites my spark. And I hope that we have ignited your spark today. And if you have enjoyed this, please rate, subscribe, and share with your friends. And remember, shine on. Walk through life. Every day is a new beginning, shine your light.
It's a day and the world is waiting Move along to the song singing in your soul Feel the beat, clap your hands, let it take control All you need, all you want, are you ready to fight? 